Informed Dissent, brought to you by Firearm Training Associates. Firearms Training Associates is, is a lucky company because we have been able to draft in some of the best instructors in the world. We have special operations guys, we have guys from the U.S. military, from foreign militaries that work for us. They provide a great deal of insight into self-defense. So we developed this so that our customers could come on the weekends and get the best training in the world. We pride ourselves on our civilian training. It's our armed civilian that's one of the most important things to us. We want to teach them how to survive dangerous situations. When you come through the course, as long as you're performing at a acceptable level, you're going to get a certificate that puts our stamp on it. And we take it serious when we put our stamp on there. When you get our gold label, that means that you've passed the class that you've attended. Firearm Training Associates, proud sponsor of Informed Descent. Find out more at ftatv.com. Informed Dissent, the intersection of healthcare and politics, with Dr. Jeff Barkey, board certified primary care physician, and Dr. Mark McDonald, board certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist. Well, Mark, welcome to another episode of Informed Dissent. Great to be with you. Hey, Jeff. Good to be back. So, today we uh, got a great guest, and we have been so honored to have a sponsor for our show, and that's um, sponsorship from Firearms Training Associates, that we have Firearms Training Associates <laughs> with us, and that is uh, Bill Murphy and his uh, daughter-in-law, uh, Kristen Durham. And so, Mark, you and I have both been to the facility. I think they're, I think Kristen is actually erecting a statue of you and giving you your own parking spot. You're there so often. That's what I heard. So Kristen and Bill, welcome to Informed Dissent. Thank you, but I have to take claim for her. She is my daughter. What did I say? Daughter-in-law? Yeah, daughter-in-law, but it's close enough. <laughs> close, close enough. Close <laughs> enough. So Bill, tell us about Firearms Training Associates and uh, how long has it been around and, and why did you create this organization? Well, if we had seen you when you were a little boy, then you would have been teaching with us for about the last 40 years. Uh, I've worked for a lot of companies. I've run the Surefire Institute for about 23 years. I worked for Gunsight Training Center for about 23 years. And then there was a lot of requests for me to do local training. So I started doing classes with my family and then we built our own facility here in, or uh, we're right on the border of Orange County in Corona at Mike Rahaga's Shooting Enterprises. And we have our own classrooms, ranges, air conditioning, patio covers, the whole bit. And we have three live fire ranges. And we also have rifle out to 200 yards on that facility. On another facility about 30 minutes away, we have a 1400 yard range that we can go ahead and use for long range rifle and other things. But we teach all kinds of courses, driving courses, self-defense courses, first aid courses, basic pistol all the way up through very, very advanced levels. We've been honored to be hired directly by several of the uh, special Operations Command, SOCOM units that hired us to do classes for them. And some of them we worked for for over 10 years, teaching advanced level weapons and building searching, clearing, uh, things along those lines. So we do classes for civilian, law enforcement, and military about every weekend. 
And then a couple times during the month, we'll do weekday classes, mostly for military and law enforcement. Now, you yourself have a military and law enforcement background. Can you tell us about that? My background is almost all law enforcement. So I've been a cop since I was 19 years old, graduated the police academy and started working patrol at 19. Uh, How I developed a lot of military stuff was teaching for Gunsight and other groups were coming through. Then Air Force Pararescue wanted me to uh, to go to work for them. So I did at their facilities. Then we ended up getting picked up by MARSOC originally when they were debt one and then through the MARSOC time. So we've been very fortunate to be able to teach at the top tier of U.S. military service and the top tier of law enforcement. Plus, we've had counter-terrorist teams and other groups from friendly foreign governments that have come into SoCal or when we had our Vegas location to just train with us. Now, when I was out there about a month ago, I participated in your advanced handgun course. And one of the things that was most impressive to me as uh, I also train with Uh, the SWAT team uh, locally here in Orange County as a reserve uh, was how safe it felt with all your range officers, with both in class and on the range training, uh, that it felt incredibly safe, even though it was a pretty large group that was out there. And my understanding is you really pride yourself on the safety protocols that you put into place. We got a very high compliment from a very senior attorney the other day. And he goes, Bill, this is why I come and train with you. He goes, you're not afraid to throw somebody out of this class that shouldn't be here. He goes, you're going to refund them the money. You're going to do all that. He goes, I've been here when you've asked people to leave because they didn't have the right temperament. They didn't have the right demeanor to be handling guns. And we just don't tolerate any, any misconduct. And the beauty is we get you in and we see you, talk to you. And what happens is you get some people that come for training and they decide they're there to teach us and they know nothing. We had a group of about six people sign up on a Friday night for a Saturday afternoon class. And they said, oh, they were very experienced and all that. They couldn't even manage in AR-15. And then at nighttime, they went out to get thermal and night vision. Uh, Guys, you can't shoot. Why are you doing this? And so we had to turn an advanced carbine into a basic carbine to catch these six people up. And so we're very, very careful. And afterwards, we told them, hey, thanks, but don't come back. Yeah. And Bill, when I was there, I saw you almost kick somebody out because they weren't keeping the restroom clean. Ah, that's one of my pet peeves. If you're going to train women, you're going to have nice bathrooms. And when I get some guy in there, you know, I can usually tell who's going to do it is that they can't hit the target at three yards. They can't hit the union. <laughs> and then what happens is what they have, they're carrying with them as far as a weapon is very, very short. So it dribbles back all the way to their feet. And then somebody's got to put their pants or underwear and some dudes piss. And so that's my pet peeve is keeping a nice bathroom nice. Now your daughter over your shoulder there is shaking her head. But speaking of women, when I was there, you were holding a class on one of the ranges for a women's only uh, course. And Kristen, I know you were part of the group that was teaching that and Tell us about your experience in having women come out to the range, because oftentimes 
women are intimidated to come out to a shooting range when there's men around. I've noticed that quite a bit, especially if their only experience is, you know, going to the gun store and not really getting any informative information about firearms is they're hesitant. You know, already when you're new to firearms, it's scary. I mean, it's an explosion at the end, you know, close to your face and that's scary. That's intimidating. Anytime you're in a new environment or doing a new sport, that's going to be intimidating, but especially one that's a little more egotistical, like shooting and that type of thing. So what we've done is we've created a series of classes that are just for women and we, we do have men and women teaching them, but it's, it's a really productive space for them. And, you know, everybody starts at the same level and that's what we explained to them. There's no reason to be nervous. We're not going to bring the egos. You don't have to worry about that. You're here to have fun and to learn. And we've noticed women are really, really receptive to that attitude. And it's exactly what they're looking for. Yep. In, in addition to training, you also sell ammunition. And I know uh, that um, participants also have the opportunity if they want to purchase firearms, as you guys have a federal firearms license as well. Yeah, we, we have an FFL and we have everything that we need to support that. We are always worried about the days when people can't go to a gun store and get ammunition and we prepared for those days. So if somebody had to come down, they had no ammo, we could get them ammo and get to them and then they could participate in the classes. If you can't get ammo, then you also can't pay me to shoot. But nothing on training women is like when I get Doc McDonald there, is I can yell at him, I can get in his face, I can do all that, and I enjoy it immensely. But with the ladies, we're very nice. We're very gentle and all that. And the only other class I'm a bigger, Adam Henry, is the CCW. Because I take the CCW stuff so seriously is that somebody might leave there and kill somebody that day in self-defense. And if they don't know, if they can't run a gun, it could cost them their lives. We've had students kill people. And what happened, it was necessary. They did a good job of it as part of having a CCW locally. And what happened is that they thank us every time. You know, this guy's wife called. She's the she's the big gun enthusiast in the family. And so she called us and said, hey, because of what your family does, my family's intact and alive. And, you know, it's so rewarding. Well, just recently, Bill, one of your students uh, was involved in a gunfight where he was shot at and he defended himself and was able to protect the life of a woman who was being uh, held at gunpoint, as well as the lives of the people around him and uh, and the life of the shooter who was uh, attempting to kill several people. It's one of those things is that, you know, it happened so fast. And this is less than a week, uh, over a week now. But when he came and took advanced training course from us, it was right at six days since he had been involved in that shooting. And, you know, people are just crazy nowadays. You never know what they're going to do. And this guy was armed, wearing a ski mask, had gloves on. And he attacked a woman, knocked her down to the street and was trying to either kill her or take her at 1130 in the morning on a Sunday afternoon, leaving a restaurant with her mother. And um, this guy saw what was going on and everybody screaming and he wasn't going to be the guy that did nothing. And so they started yelling to the guy, hey, drop the gun. And they're trying not to be confrontational with them and all that. And the guy, boom, he just fires two at the guy's head. 
from a distance of about 20 yards and it's that fast. And so the guy dropped behind uh, cover and returned fire and was successful in hitting the guy multiple times. And the guy went down and uh, he's deceased and everybody else is okay. Nobody got seriously injured as a result of this. But he says one of the funniest things is watching the guys that don't have CCW training and don't have a CCW trying to crawl out of there when you know they're afraid to stand up, they're afraid to lay down, they're afraid to stop, they're going to just crawl and they go back to their fetal position and they're crawling out of the uh, out of the crime scene. We're talking to Bill Murphy and Kristen Durham of Firearms Training Associates, our sponsor of Informed Dissent. And we are now on the Patreon network. So welcome to all our dissident listeners. Uh, we appreciate your support. So Kristen, your husband, of course, is one of the trainers out there, and that's Brandon. And when I took the course on advanced handguns, he was the lead trainer, both in the classroom and on the range. And what's it like uh, having that type of dynamic, husband and wife? Both of you are gun lovers. I don't think I've ever seen you without some sort of firearm on you. And uh, and there's Brandon, the same thing. I, it'd be a it'd be a crazy burglar that tried to break into your house. Doc, just so you know, I won the coin toss. I got the ladies' class that night, <laughs> and Brandon got stuck with you guys right in there. So, got it. It's good. It works out really well for me because I don't have to clean guns because I know that he knows how to clean guns, and um, so that saves me a lot of time. Um, but it definitely, you know, arguments don't get heated. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> no doubt. And of course, the family that shoots together stays together because you're too scared to leave. That's right. And of course, there's no <laughs> mask requirements on the range and no COVID vaccination requirements on the range. And it was nice to see that uh, you were just surrounded by patriots. And by the way, if you're somebody who's considering getting a CCW, whether it's in Orange County or LA County, Riverside County, any of the surrounding areas, I would encourage you to connect with Firearms Training Associates. They will literally walk you through the entire process, help you write a good cost statement if it's necessary in the jurisdiction uh, that you're applying for. And uh, Kristen in particular knows people all over the place that can be very helpful in making sure that you're filling out the paperwork correctly, getting it processed and, and getting your CCW expedited. Mark, he, she helped you with yours, I believe. Isn't that right? Yes, she did. And I actually received a phone call just two days ago from the LA County Sheriff's Department to let me know that the permit was ready for pickup. But unfortunately, they did not leave a callback number and no way to reach them. So I think I've gone back to the end of the line and I'm probably going to have to wait for another six months before I get the next phone call from their unknown number. Bureaucracy at its finest. <laughs> you need to have what I have, that software on your phone that unlocks blocked numbers. Ooh, I would like to get that. That would be very helpful. Um, so tell us a little bit about uh, Kristen and, and Bill about Mark. How is he progressing <laughs> in, his, in his firearms uh, capabilities? Because I think he lives at your range. As a matter of fact, um, he's got a tent in the back of the car and when the lights go off, he actually pulls up a tent so he doesn't have to go home. <laughs> well, the way it really works is that he doesn't pay for training. He pays for me to keep quiet the mistakes that he made. <laughs> and I find I make a lot more money not telling stories than <laughs> I would getting paid for training. So, so Bill, on a serious note though, what are the common misperceptions 
um, that uh, that occur when you're a beginner learning to shoot a handgun? You know, it, it's just so difficult. But the biggest thing is people overestimate their ability. And that's usually a young male thing. And then older people are too nervous, too concerned about what's happening. And they're afraid to do a lot of stuff. But we try to keep it mellow. We try to keep it fun. We get the interest going. It's a, it's a team concept as my guys are there as part of the team, plus all the other students. And they clap when you get your certificate. And so we just do it as a building block approach and we try to get over a lot of those things. But the CCW class is where we see it the most is we do a 16 hour course and that's the maximum the state allows. And we do the maximum training, you know, with weapons and malfunctions and drawing from the holster. And most of these other programs do an eight hour or less and that they don't get the people the skills. So they're going to go out there with no knowledge, no ability, and then go ahead and get into self-defense shootings. It's just not going to go well. And the whole concept of this is that we're going to avoid the shooting if we can. But sometimes the bad guy forces it. What role does dry firing have practicing at home when you're not on the range? I'm a big dry firing guy and I like to do it and I've done it ever since I got my first firearms and it actually makes the trigger job, the trigger better on almost all guns. They say it could damage the um, firing pin of a 22, but I've seen thousands and thousands of dry firings with no damage to the guns at all. And basically what you're doing is a trigger job on the gun by just working the mechanism repeatedly that you might pay a gunsmith to actually do for you. And they make now those, they make now those, um, those cartridges that have a little laser in it. So when the hammer strikes the pin, it actually produces a small laser beam. I'm old school and a lot of people try to talk to me about these programs, but I want to see that there's nothing in the chambers. There's nothing in the cylinder, that there's no way you're going to make a mistake thinking that you have this training cartridge in the gun, but in reality, you have a live round. So the way I learned my industry was to go ahead and there should be nothing in the gun. Yeah, note to Alec Baldwin. Yeah, yeah. And what happened is the only the only gun that I use a magazine and all that, the only thing I keep in it is a dime. So if you go ahead and you take your AR-15 mag and you insert a dime under the feed lips, then you can go ahead and run your bolt and do everything and the slide won't lock to the rear. The bolt won't lock to the rear. So that's the only thing I ever put in a gun is a dime. And I just don't believe in that, but I do my dry practice. I sight the gun through the dry practice. I work the follow-up shot quickly so that I can do the trigger reset drill. But I'm very controlled in that. We actually do a part of every class dedicated to dry fire practice and how to set it up and where to do it and where to do it safely. But snap caps and all those things, it's something I'm against. Something that I've noticed that really struck me since I started taking these classes is the, the people that come to the classes. And it's a, it's, for me, it's really important because I live in Los Angeles. I live in the midst of absolute chaos where people are still walking around on the streets with masks on out in the middle of the day, riding their bikes with them, 
They're scared. They're anxious. They clearly don't share my values. I have nothing to say to them. It's very isolating. And when I show up at firearms training associates and I see the 10, 12, 15 people, sometimes 20 or more, depending on the class size, I can be pretty certain that there's not going to be anyone like that in the class, which means that we can talk about absolutely anything. And in fact, the last time I was there, which was just um, maybe three days ago for the urban pistol operator course, after I finished the class, I went out to dinner with somebody that had met at the class before who's an Italian man and a professor at a local university and his wife, who's a physician. And we went and had dinner. This is the third time down in central Orange County at the old downtown and just spent two or three hours having some whiskey and talking about life. And they're now close friends of mine and they want me to come and visit them in Italy this summer when they spend time with their family out in a small town that they're hoping to escape to if you know everything goes to crap here in California. And this is one of several people that I'm developing these, these friendships with. I'm closer now to the people in this class than I am to the, the neighbors on my street who are all leftists and uh, Biden and Hillary supporters. So it's a, it's a really nice group of people who share common values that I share of freedom and patriotism and family and respect for uh, parents and uh, local uh, neighbors. It's just a a, a really different kind of atmosphere than what you get in most parts of urban Southern California. And, and I was not expecting that when I went there because I've been to other gun ranges and places where the people are just a little wacky and, and there really aren't any wacky people there. And, and the ones that sort of show up every now and then, as Bill said, they, they get escorted out pretty quickly. Well, doc, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. The one thing I can say is that from the time I worked at Gunsight and where I've run my own training, I've got I've got 30 years of doing my own stuff. I worked for Gunsight for 23. I ran Surefire for about 22, 23 years. And FTA has been my longest thing. But we get the greatest people in earth at these events. And the guy who's a ditch digger will become best friends with a doctor. And a doctor will become best friends with somebody else and that their attitudes are very similar the way they think. But since we've been doing LACCWs, we seem to be getting a lot more Democrats. And <laughs> so we do warn them in the CCW class that there will be some tendencies that may make them feel faint and they could fall out of their <laughs> chair and things like that. But what happens is even the crazy Dems, end up generally seeing our way on this. Now we've had Antifa people show up from LA and you know, they, uh, LA sheriffs took care of that. We didn't have to do anything with that. When the guy's got pictures of himself at his business with a sniper rifle and he's wearing an Antifa outfit and they, uh, they went and he did not get a CCW and he never came back to our class. We look at that as a win in itself. Now, Bill, is it true that you charge Democrats more for the ammunition? We're all God's children and we just have to get along. We love our Democrats and all that. And some of these ladies will kick your butt if uh, if you don't toe the line with them. So we're very careful and very nice to everybody. Well, listen, we're honored to have Firearms Training Associates as our lead sponsor. And uh, I love coming out there. I look forward to coming out again. And uh, especially when I come out next, I want to take a picture next to the newly erected statue of Dr. Mark McDonald. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think it's the in the third urinal from the. <laughs> so we can all pose on the inside with that, that picture. I love it. Well, listen, Bill, Bill Murphy and Kristen Durham, Firearms Training Associates. Thank you for sponsoring our show and thank you for coming on Informed Dissent. Thanks, Docs. You've been listening to Informed Dissent with Dr. Jeff Barkey, board-certified primary care physician, and Dr. Mark McDonald, board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist. Informed Dissent, the intersection of healthcare and politics.